Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. And we are back for another episode of Hymn Talk, Talk, Twin Talk. Talk. All right, so we have a brand new hymn for you today. And like, not only is it brand new for you because it's, you know, your first time listening to this episode, but it's like totally brand new to us. Kelly, we did not know this. No. Yeah. And it was recommended to us by a listener. I feel like we're going back to that game show, Stump the Twins. <laughs> yeah, please, if you have a hymn out there that you think we might not know, send it along to us. It's, it actually has been such a fun week researching this new hymn that neither of us knew. We were putting out these clues wondering if you all were like us and that you would never guess this hymn ever, or if you were like our friend Ashley and knew right away what song it was. <laughs> so we have Ashley with us today. Yeah, we're doing another interview. Mm-hmm. She's on social media. She has a page called A Hymn A Day. And basically she introduces us to a different hymn each day. I mean, we do A Hymn A Week. A Hymn A Week, and some weeks we take off. I mean, she <laughs> has been really diligent with mm-hmm. this when from really when the pandemic started right yeah right right and so we found each other because we obviously have this huge thing in common Mm -hmm. that we all love hymns and we've been following her and reading what she has to say about hymns she listens to our podcast and a lot of times we're talking about the same hymns and this week she said hey how about this one that no one ever does anymore. Yeah, she really has this like genuine curiosity about it. Right. And I, I think it's really cool because she's never heard it. Well, I don't even want to say it. Don't you say know it. What? Don't say it. Let's don't just spoil it. run the interview. Yes. Okay? All right, here's Ashley, you guys. All right, so here we are, another Him Talk Twin Talk interview. Mm-hmm. And we have Ashley from Virginia. Hi. Hi, everybody. Oh, Ashley, we're so glad you're here. All right, Ashley, tell us where you're from in Virginia. I'm from Abingdon, Virginia, which is um, in the southwestern part of the state, right near the Tennessee state line. Wow. Okay, so I've been to Virginia and to Tennessee, right? never to that town. Well, maybe you've driven through it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so, Ashley, you are a loyal listener to Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. You are a fellow hymn lover, which yes. we love. Yes. Um, tell our listeners about our hymn this week. What are we listening to, and who is it by? Um, by His Stripes We Are Healed by Thoreau Harris. Yay! <laughs> now, Ashley reached out to us a while ago and asked about the hymn and right. I said we are on it we are going to totally do this and of course it was a while ago we're <laughs> finally getting to it um tell us a little bit about what piqued your curiosity with the hymn why yeah why do you want to see it highlighted on Hymn Talk Twin Talk this is a hymn that I grew up singing and the church that I grew up in there were only about eight to ten of us there and our singing was a cappella. um the music minister started with a harpsichord he played just a couple of notes and then um the congregation would sing so this is a hymn i've not heard since my childhood i've never heard it set to music 
So I was hoping that y'all could help me with that too. <laughs> this is so interesting to me, Ashley. So you're telling me that the music minister would play a couple of notes on the harpsichord and then <laughs> you all would sing the rest of the piece a cappella. He wouldn't like yes. accompany the whole thing? No, because um, he would do that and then he would lead the congregation in it. Now, were you ever, I mean, you were mm -hmm. a kid. Were you ever put in a place where you like, I really don't know the tune. I don't know how to sing it. I was, but we would sing the same hymn so often that I guess uh -huh. by the time I got old enough to read the words that I would have just have heard it so many times that I would just know it. Now, when we looked into this song, it's so interesting to me because it introduced this new hymn writer for us. We hadn't heard of him before, mm -hmm. Thoreau Harris. He is incredible incredibly prolific, hundreds and hundreds mm -hmm. of hymns. And this one, By His Stripes We Are Healed, really is not considered one of his more popular ones. Right. It really mm -hmm. wasn't. So we, I actually couldn't find a recording of it. Did you go to YouTube and try to find any recordings? I did. And that's when I hit a roadblock because when I studied Thoreau Harris and saw how prolific he was, which I, this is the only hymn of his that I've ever heard. Mm. And then I saw that he was so prolific when I studied him that he had wrote thousands of hymns. I thought, don't we have any, any of his hymns recorded? And right. I couldn't really, fi I couldn't find any of them. So it was, it was challenging for me to do, but it was definitely a hymn I wanted to put out there because I think it's so full of biblical truth. Right. So can I ask what denomination this church was that you grew up in? It was Baptist. Okay. That's so funny because we're in a Baptist church and actually I've been, we've been at Baptist churches almost our whole life yeah. and I, we've never heard the hymn. We've never heard of Thoreau Harris, but another one of his hymns is in our hymnal right now. It's in our hymnal. Right, right. So if we had to pick, you know, as I did my research, if I had to pick his most famous or most popular, I would say it's the one called um, All That Thrills My Soul. Yes. All That Thrills My Soul is Jesus. That's in our hymnal. But I mean, it's not like we sing it every week, but it is in our hymnal. Right. And it's a very pretty tune. Mm -hmm. In fact, other hymn text writers have used that tune for other songs. Yes. So you'll actually see his music, even if it's not his words. But this By His Stripes We Are Healed, I've, I've never been able to right. see or find. Right. So we're so excited that we get to do this. No, I have another question. Okay. So By His Stripes We Are Healed, we don't know it. So we're singing it and we're kind of like doing a kind of a, a fast clip and there's some fun rhythmic things that happen. There's also this kind of like echo thing by his stripes, mm -hmm. by his stripes, you know, and we kind of have a good time with it. So when you would sing it in church acapella with your church family, was it done at a fast clip? What do you remember about it? One of the things I like is the chorus and I'm not, I'm not a good singer, <laughs> um, but that, that was, we almost did the last part of it spoken word on his guilt less had all our sins were laid we would kind of speak that more than we would sing it just just that just that one little line oh i love that all right so this is kind of a musical nerd moment M &M, always fun. <laughs> because in the hymn the version that i have that i found online mm -hmm. because it's not in our hymnal mm -hmm. that phrase on his guiltless head all our sins were laid have staccato markings on the notes okay did you see that yes okay so I saw these staccato notes and I thought that maybe it was a misprint because I thought that was so weird. Right. Or I thought it was like a weird, oddly shaped smudge because it's a very old edition that I'm looking at. But no, I actually think 
that it was this, you know, kind of staccato short thing that kind of sounded, ended up sounding like speaking. Almost like a shout of cheer. Almost like a shout or a cheer. Yeah. I mean, we'll sing this. And I think that we should absolutely do that kind of. Carrie's laughing. Are we going to shout in the hymn? I mean, not shout, maybe. But I think we should have that staccato. So for our musical friends, what does staccato mean? Staccato is like short and disconnected and yeah. detached. Yeah. So we'll we'll try to do that. So I love that you gave us that little bit of information because we would not have known that. But even as a kid, mm-hmm. you thought it was fun to sing. I did. And um, like I said, I've never heard it with music. So it'd be interesting for me to hear that part played on the piano. I'm not particularly inclined. I don't play an instrument and um, I don't sing very well. So I just like to put out, you know, the biographical information on the hymn writers and kind of what led them to write hymns that we know. That's uh, why I started mine, in addition to missing my church family. Yeah. Right. And we, of course, that share that same passion. I mean, that is exactly why we started Hymn Talk to Winter. Right. And missing the church family and feeling like you're missing out on singing together. That was a major part of this. I mean, you started yours during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So I was really missing uh, my church family. We had moved all of our services to Facebook Live. Right. And we weren't having music with it. It was just our pastor bringing our message. And I really missed the music. I missed hearing our pianists and our organists and our choirs were singing. And so I thought, how can I share the hymn? Yeah, I mean, we felt the same way. So your ministry is called A Hymn A Day. Can you tell people how to find you? I'm on um, Facebook and Instagram. um, And it's um, at Hymn A Day. On Instagram, it's at him.a.day. Okay. We are going to share all of this with right. our listeners. So it'll be in our show notes, and we'll also share it on our social media. You're giving people something every day, a him a day. It almost becomes like a little devotional. And now, you guys, before we had our interview, Ashley and Kelly and I were talking about changing it. How much longer do you think you'll continue the hymn a day or will you change it to a hymn a week or or whatever i may change it um i was thinking of changes changing it as i Mm -hmm. go back to work i work for the school system so i was thinking about going to a hymn a week yeah if i were financially sound i would love to publish what i have as a devotional type book of 365 hymns and do it like as a devotional we've actually talked about doing that with our podcast taking each of our podcasts and creating a hymn book. Right. You know, we, we interviewed William Long right. and his book, Hymns of Note. I do think people would love to read more about hymns right. and including a hymn like By His Stripes We Are Healed is so cool because it'll be something someone like you knows very well. And then it'll be something like for us that we don't know at all. Right. That's what I did. Um, I did a forgotten hymn series is what I called it. And I went through the hymnal that we used um, at the little church that I grew up in because those hymns I've never heard anywhere else. There's so many in there that I have never heard after I grew up. I've not heard them. So you talk about this church from when you were little and it's so small, eight to 10 people. I mean, were you related to everybody in the church? We, we are, we're, um, it was actually, my grandfather helped to build the church back in the early 1950s. A group of the men in the community came together and built this church for the community, um, in Rust Hollow, uh, is the name of the little community and the name of the road that I live on. And that's actually my ancestors. Wow. So I live on ancestral land. 
Wow. Oh, that's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's Rust Hollow. Now, is that church still in existence? Like people can go to it on a Sunday? It's not. Um, it closed for Sunday services in 1999. Okay. But every Father's Day, we have a reunion and actually have an afternoon service in the church. We haven't for the past two years because of the pandemic. But right. for 96 years, our family has met in this community and had a reunion. Oh, that's so great. That's so, great. so now you go to a church that's still nearby and all your family still go, will, still worships together? Some of, some of us do. We average about 30 members, so still small. Okay. Um, okay. Can I give my church pastor a shout out? Of you absolutely can. Pastor Church and his name. Woodland Baptist Church in Abingdon, Virginia and Pastor Rex Carter. All right. So Kelly, I think we're wrapping up. All right. I just have to say to Ashley, thank you for bringing the hymn to us. We would have never picked it on our own. You're going to hear it. We're going to sing it. We're also going to sing a few other hymn tunes by Thoro Harris as well. So you, so some things might seem familiar to you or it'll be new for you too. And Ashley, since you never heard it, just the instrumental, I feel like I want to do a recording of just the instrumental. Yeah, let's do that too. That's just for you, Ashley. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, thank thank you. you for supporting us. And uh, we will definitely share your hymn a day with our followers. And, and th- hopefully they'll appreciate all that you do for them too. And thank you all for continuing to bring the hymns alive every week. And, and, and being musically inclined as you are to bring the music <laughs> with them as well. I find myself singing along with you all very badly, but singing <laughs> along. No, we want you to sing. We want you to yeah, sing. Yeah, we sometimes wonder, you know, do you think people sing with us when we sing? So I'm so glad you're singing. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. And thank you all for having me. And I hope we can do it again. Aww. Excellent. I hope so too. And in the meantime, we'll stay connected through Instagram. Yep, through social media. It's yeah. so awesome. It's so awesome. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Aww so much fun that was great i mean what you don't know listeners is that we had a rough time yeah with the technology with this one she i mean had to get kicked off the zoom meeting Mm -hmm. 10 times at least (laughs) maybe more and she kept moving around to find she said that they don't have great wi-fi there yeah which kelly and i say how can that be (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it was really fun chatting with her. We're going to have her information on social media. Yes. We'll share her page with you. Please give her a look at, it's not a listen because it's not a podcast. I know, it's not a podcast. <laughs> so look at her page and you can just read more about the hymns. And, you know, sometimes we think like, how long can we do this podcast, Cal? Like, right. How many right. hymns are there? She's literally done close to 400 hymns, right? Because right. it's been over, over a year. A year. Um, so yeah, I think we'll be doing this for a while. We have plenty. We have yeah. plenty. So there was so much that we talked to her about that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the thing that to me was so interesting is that she loves this hymn. Mm-hmm. She has fond memories of singing it, but yet she has never, never heard, heard it. it. I I mean, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So she's never heard an instrumental version of it. All she remembers is singing it like a cappella right. when she was a kid. Um, with just a harpsichord giving her a first few notes. With like eight to ten people singing with her. Yes. Yes. So we want to sing this hymn. Yeah, we have to sing it. We're singing it for you, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) And then later in the podcast, we'll play it too, so that you'll be able to hear the piano part of it, and then you'll hear us singing it, even because we're singing it a cappella. Right, right. (laughs) 
Oh, the wondrous power of a Savior's love to the sinful and sick revealed. Every lingering pain Jesus can remove. Praise the Lord, by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes, by his stripes we are healed. On his guiltless head all our sins were laid. By his stripes, by his stripes we are healed. So she says that she remembers being a kid and having us almost talk that final line. How did she do that? So it would go, on, on his, his guiltless guilt head, all our sins were laid. By his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. I mean, I can't really picture like just breaking out into speaking or chanting. I know, but I do think that it has more to do with it being staccato. Right. And it just was short and it must have just felt like this kind of shouting part. Right. Um, but the notes are there. I know. All right, let's do it again. Really staccato. Ready? Okay. See if we can do it. Well, let's do the whole refrain. The whole refrain. So okay. that it feels like we're getting into it. Okay. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. On his guiltless head, all our sins were laid. By his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's good. Well, so Ashley has to check in with us. Yes. So which way does she remember it? Like the shouting way or just singing but really, really staccato? Yes. Can you think of any other hymn that would have a staccato marking? No. I mean, I feel like we see fermatas. We see notes that become longer. Right. But do we ever see notes that become shorter? We think that the, the reason why this hymn was a favorite of Ashley's is because of her childhood memories mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and the fun, like, kind of lilting rhythmic quality that's there and even, like, maybe even the shouting and the cheering. Yeah. Um, but we looked really deep into it. And there's a lot of big words. There's a lot of big theological concepts mm-hmm. that there's no way, a, you know, a kid would have been able to really grasp all that this hymn says. Mm-hmm. So let's just dive right into these words. So Carrie, why don't you play the piano? Okay. And I'll read the words because we know that Ashley's never heard the music for it. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with verse one, even though we sang it, because I really want you to get the full picture of this hymn, starting with verse one. Oh, the wondrous power of a Savior's love to the sinful and sick revealed. Every lingering pain Jesus can remove. Praise the Lord. By his stripes we are healed. There in Pilate's hall, see the guiltless one. How the hearts of his foes were steeled. How they pierced with thorn God's beloved song. Praise the Lord. By his stripes we are healed. His atoning blood still avails today for the kingdom be saved and sealed. In the opened fount, wash your stains away. Praise the Lord, by his stripes we are healed. Turn away from sin, let the Christ come in. Bow the heart, in contrition yield. To his mighty power, this accepted hour, Praise the Lord, by his stripes we are healed. So some of these words are tricky. It's almost like 
how would a child even understand what it's about? Let's talk about the I words. Mean, I just want to look quickly at the title. By his stripes, we are healed. Right. There's no way if you asked a child what that meant, they right. would know. And even a seasoned believer might only have a guess. And I'll tell you why. So we're looking into the book of Isaiah. Isaiah mm -hmm. is an Old Testament prophet. They estimate that it was written about 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. So way before Isaiah did not live to see those prophecies right. fulfilled. Right. But he has the most prophecies about Jesus. And all of them did come true. Mm -hmm. Eventually they did. And in Isaiah 53, which is a well-known prophecy of Jesus Christ, we read. What does the Bible? <laughs> Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we, we are, are healed. So I'm reading from the New King James Version, and that specifically says, with his stripes right. we are healed. So you have to kind of dig a little bit to see what Isaiah meant by sh those stripes. Right. So stripes is found in the King James Version, the New King James Version, <clears throat> in other translations, that word stripes has been changed to wounds. Okay. But the stripes were administered by whipping the bare backs of prisoners mm -hmm. whose hands and feet were tied up. So they could not fight back in any way. Mm -hmm. And the phrase, by his stripes we are healed, refers to the punishment that Jesus Christ suffered. So it was the floggings and beatings with fists and with whips, they were braided leather with sh pottery shards and sharp stones affixed to the ends. And it would actually tear open the flesh of the prisoner. Right. So these stripes are these lashes that Christ received. And it's it ends up almost kind of looking like stripes. Right. But that's just an old-fashioned word meaning wounds. But there's no way that a child reading that would understand how severe that sentence really is. And the music doesn't help. Right. The music is not sounding like we're talking about someone who's suffering. I mean, I can remember asking what stripes were. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how old I was. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that the way you have memories. I mean, I remember asking mom and I remember her telling me what it was and I was horrified. Right how this word stripes could have such a gruesome, right. violent, painful definition. Right. It, it just was nothing that I would have ever connected. Mm -hmm. And and I like I said, I don't remember how old I was and I don't remember where we were, but I just remember being like repulsed. Mm -hmm. That's what it stripes. that's what that verse is about. Now I love these parallel Bibles, you know, so I have the parallel Bible in front of me. It's New King James, and it's NIV, right next to each other, and you can make the comparison. So now listen to that passage from the NIV. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed." They changed the word. And if we wanted to change the word in the hymn, it would be, by his wounds, by his wounds we, are healed. we are healed. That doesn't have a great ring to it. 
No, it doesn't. Well, I think stripes has a better ring to it because you're not 100% sure what it could be referring to. Exactly. With wounds, you absolutely know, and it doesn't sound right to Mm -hmm. sing it. Right. So we have the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah Mm -hmm. saying exactly what was going to happen to Jesus. Then we have the depiction in the New Testament in the Gospels of how Jesus was was treated. And then we have years later in the book of 1 Peter describing Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Mm -hmm. Again, from the New King James Version, he's quoting the prophet Isaiah, and he's saying stripes. And in the NIV, it says by his wounds. So when people wonder, you know, how is this this story true? Where does it all come from? How does it all get pieced together? You see it in the Old Testament, 700 years before Jesus. Mm -hmm. You see it in the gospel written right around the time when Jesus lived and died. Mm -hmm. And then you have it in the book of first Peter, which is written, you know, around 80, 80 or 90. Okay. So, I mean, well after the death of Jesus. So you see the story has been told. Right. And it almost like corroborates it. Right. Right. And I love that. So, so even though it's this ancient word that we don't use, we see that exact word used multiple times Mm -hmm. and it always means the same thing. It's this punishment. And because of that, we are healed. Well, those verses, I mean, that's clearly the hymnspiration. Yes. I mean, Thoreau Harris had to have those verses in his mind Yes, when he wrote this. Yes, and I mean, he actually tells the story in verse two, there in Pilate's Hall. Right. You know, it's it's bringing us right back to the gospel. And we love when hymns tell the story. Mm-hmm. We love mm-hmm. when hymns get really specific about a certain event and tell us what happened. Mm-hmm. All right, so I look at this and I say... This is totally true. Because of what he went through on the cross, we are healed. Mm-hmm. We, are, we can be whole. It is the only way that we can be saved because of what he did. Mm-hmm. But that's not just what this song is about, right? Well, it, it seems to be about something else. Right. And this is what brings us to our hymn mystery or hymn controversy. <laughs> oh, there's that sound. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, it could be one of the reasons why this hymn isn't right. around anymore. Right. Some people have a real issue with what this hymn is saying. It's hard to know what Thoreau Harris actually meant, but we can kind of guess, can't we? Yeah. I mean, verse one, the lyric, every lingering pain Jesus can remove. Right. So... Thoreau Harris was a Pentecostal hymn writer. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the 1900s, Cal, the Pentecostals would have these tent meetings. Mm-hmm. In revi- and we see tent meetings and revival right. meetings. There's nothing new here. We've talked about them. But um, there would actually be faith healings. And when they would sing this song, By His Stripes We Are Healed, right. it was taken very literally. So I'm curious, you know, is this a more popular, well-known hymn in Pentecostal churches? You know, they may want to sing it, you know, all the time, Mm. where other churches maybe, you know, have issues with the words and the text and, you know, the fact that it doesn't rhyme or whatever. Right, right. (laughs) But then the added problem of, you know, whether or not this should be taken literally, um, I could see why many churches wouldn't want to sing it. Well, you can be spiritually sick. I mean, I still think you can, I still think you can sing it with that lens of we're talking about spiritual sickness, spiritual health. Right. We're talking about 
wholeness in Christ Jesus right. only through him. I mean, I, I do really appreciate it and love it. Mm-hmm. But when you dive in and you, you hear that context, it can be problematic. Right, right. So let's learn about this Thoreau I Harris. Know, I, I mean, know. one of the things that I think is interesting is that he did write hymns for many different de- denominations. Mm-hmm. He seemed to really seamlessly transition to different churches mm-hmm. um, with no trouble. Like we see that he often changed his own hymn text to fit whatever denomination he was in. We see gospel songs, Baptist, Mm -hmm. Methodist, Pentecostal, Seventh-day Adventist. We do not see hymn writers doing this. No, no. And it is so interesting that he has so many hymns for so many different churches and found in so many different hymnals, Mm -hmm. but yet we don't know them. We do have one, though, Cal. Yes, in our church's hymnal. Right, and I imagine it's in many hymnals. Mm -hmm. It is written by our hymn writer, Thoreau Harris. He is probably the most prolific African-American hymn writer that we've seen. I mean, I read as a quote that he was the most prolific Pentecostal African-American hymn writer, (laughs) but I actually say he's the most prolific African-American hymn writer, regardless of the denomination. I really want to dig into this guy because he's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, But let's sing the song. Okay, so this is probably his most... Well-known hymn. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you know it. Mm -hmm. It's called All That Thrills My Soul. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine? True and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed to call him mine. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to to me, to me. And the fairest of ten thousand. In my blessed Lord I see. Kelly, that is so pretty. He did the words and the music. Mm -hmm. Harmonically, it's incredibly interesting. And there's five verses. There's not a lack Mm -hmm. of words in this one. All right, so a beautiful song by Thoreau Harris. Let's talk about this guy. He was born... On March 31st in 1874 in Washington, D.C. Now, his father was black and his mother was white. And he is known as an African-American hymn writer. Mm. He's called a Pentecostal pioneer. So let's talk about him for a little bit. He was born in Washington, D.C. His father was a doctor. His name was Joseph Dennis Harris. He worked as a physician in Washington, D.C. He was at Freedman's Hospital at Howard University. Now, I read that he had a mental breakdown in 1877. So we know that Thora was born in 1874. So, I mean, Thora was only a few years old. He was a toddler. And the father was admitted to the government hospital for the insane. And he died in 1884. And Thora was only 10 years old. So this is his childhood. Mm -hmm. This is his background. I imagine it was incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know that he lived in Ohio. We know that he went to Michigan for uh, schooling at the Battle Creek College, which isn't there anymore. Now it's a, a kind of a private boarding high school. And then I think this is so cool. 
he moves to Boston. To Boston. Yay. He doesn't stay for long, though. I mean, we don't have a ton of him writers in Boston, so that's cool. <laughs> Although Boston's awesome and a lot of stuff has happened here. <laughs> Come to Boston. All right. So, okay. He is now writing hymns. So let's just talk about this because we have not talked about numbers yet. He has over 700 hymn texts, wow. over 800 hymn tunes, and he had a hand in publishing 22 hymnals. We see that he might have been an editor right. or an assistant editor, or he actually was the publisher. Right. It is incredibly exciting. And I have a fun fact. Okay. He was co-editor of a 1904 hymnal called Light and Life Songs. Mm -hmm. The associate editor was none other than William James Kirkpatrick. Wow, we love him. We love him. I love thinking that William Kirkpatrick, because he is amazing. Right. His hymn tunes are yeah, his hymn tunes are beautiful. I can't say enough about him. I love the idea that these two men worked together. Right. So we don't find a collaboration of one hymn, right. but they worked together to do this hymnal. You guys, William Kirkpatrick, we talked about him on Tis So Sweet to mm-hmm. Trust in Jesus. Awesome hymn tune. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him for Away in a Manger. And you guys, this is like the turn of the century, late 1800s, early 1900s. They didn't talk over Zoom. They didn't like call each other on the phone. They weren't texting. <laughs> they were in the same room. They were in the same they room having working. these discussions. Yep. Maybe when we're in heaven, we can ask them about them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back to Thoro Harris. Yes. He's very busy. He's working. He ends up moving to Eureka Springs. Eureka. Eureka. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have a lot of this Eureka Springs because, Kelly, this is where he's buried you could go there and visit his grave. Um, he also he actually ran a boarding house, and you could even see that house today. Mm-hmm. But more important than all of that is this area of Eureka Springs. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a historical society in Eureka Springs that you can go for more information and a museum. But really, so much Pentecostal history took place in Eureka Springs. Okay. In 1916, the oneness preachers were expelled from the Assemblies of God. What's that? (laughs) What's that? So the oneness, now this oneness Pentecostal theology, have you ever heard of that? I mean, vaguely, vaguely. It's it's a little problematic, but we are not a theology podcast, so I'll just give a little bit of information. It basically maintains that God is absolutely and indivisibly one. And they believe that the Trinitarian doctrine is just a tradition of men, and it's neither scriptural nor a teaching of God. Okay. And one of the pieces of evidence they have to support this is the fact that the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Right. Pentecostalism is a spirit-driven renewalist movement within Protestant Christianity that began in the last part of the 19th century. Now, they end up having a lot of these Pentecostal events in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. The first oneness organization was formed in Eureka Springs. The General Assembly of the Apostolic Assembly was formed right there in Eureka Springs. And D.C. Opperman, who founded the first oneness Bible school, found it in Eureka Springs. Wow. So it's funny, like I didn't know this about Eureka Springs and I didn't know this about Arkansas. Right. But Arkansas actually has a lot of Pentecostal churches. Interesting. Now, I think this is a fun fact. (laughs) When former President Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas, he began making annual visits to a Pentecostal camp meeting near Little Rock, 
where he met the Oneness Pentecostal pastor, Anthony Mangan, and Mangan's choir sang at both of Clinton's inaugurations in 1993 and 1997. Yeah. So I never made the connection of President Clinton, Arkansas. Arkansas. Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah, never. So interesting to me. Now, I'm kind of interested in Arkansas because I've been there. I know. And I really would love to go back. So where's our captain? Where's our captain? We're heading back to Arkansas. Yeah, I would love to go to Arkansas and I'd love to go to Eureka. This is your captain speaking. (laughs) So I thought Eureka is just such a funny name for a place. It is. It is. So I looked it up. It's an interjection used to celebrate a discovery or invention. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a translation alliteration of an exclamation that was attributed to the, to the ancient Greek mathematician and inventor, oh. Archimedes. That's a fun fact. <laughs> so, Eureka! And that's when they discover something right. or find something. Right. And so, in Arkansas, it is full of these natural springs. Mm-hmm. Now, when I traveled to Arkansas mm-hmm. a few years back, we went to Hot Springs, okay. Arkansas. Hot Springs is about four hours from Eureka Springs. So oh. it just goes to show you that these springs are spread all throughout the state. Right. It's not like they're all in one area. And actually, a little known fact, the headquarters of Walmart is right near Eureka Springs. Okay. Bentonville. Fun fact. Fun fact. So... I wanted to just show you some of these springs. So this is in Arkansas. I don't think it's a coincidence that our guy, Thoro Harris, ends up there because in these springs they are said to be healing. People traveled to these springs for healing. There's a few right in Eureka Springs that I think he would have been very interested in. There's Harding Spring which is the site of one of Eureka Springs' most famous healings. A blind woman's sight was Hmm. reportedly restored after going into the waters. There's Magnetic Spring, which is off of Magnetic Road, and it's anecdotally rumored to magnetize any metal that is immersed in the waters. There's the Blue Spring Heritage Center. It holds a cold water spring. They say that it pours 38 million gallons of water into the sparkling Blue Lagoon each day. They say that it was thought to be used by Native Americans for thousands of years. Wow. To be a sacred spring. And probably the most famous, you guys, is the Basin Spring. It's also known as the Indian's Healing Spring, and there's a park named after it, um, and it's off of Spring Street, right in Eureka Springs, where a lot of springs are off of Spring Street. Wow. Can you say spring more? <laughs> I mean, that makes me want to go there. I, I mean, is this a huge tourist attraction? I mean, I've never been to Arkansas. This is your captain's All right, so look it. If we're going to go to Eureka Springs, which we should, there's only one place that we should stay. The The Piedmont Piedmont House. House. All right. So in Eureka Springs, when our guy Thoreau lived there, Mm -hmm. he owned this Piedmont House. Mm -hmm. It was a boarding house. Right. And he called it the Piedmont House. Now today, it's a bed and breakfast inn. Right. We could stay there. Yeah. And Piedmont, out of all the bed and breakfasts in Eureka Springs, it's the oldest one. And this is the quote from the website. If you like the simplicity of the era of horse-drawn carriages, cobblestone streets, heirloom antiques, and spacious verandas, then reserve a room at Piedmont House and let the stress of modern society disappear like the morning mist off the Ozark Hills.
Mm. Okay, so I totally want to go there. I would love to go there. It's one of four properties run by the All Seasons Luxuries Properties, and we're actually going to share all this information. We found them on Instagram. I'll tell you right now, they're running a special right now. Right. You could book two nights. And get the third for half price. Or you could book three nights. And get the fourth night for free. There's antique furniture, hardwood floors, handcrafted quilts, Victorian decor. I am loving this. And I would just love to go and see these springs. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he actually didn't live there for very long. I mean, he moved to Arkansas at the age of 60. Right. And he died at the age of, you know, around 81. So he lived there for 21 yep. years. Yep, he finished his life there. He's actually buried there. Mm-hmm. His gravestone, which you can visit today, has the inscription, he has gone to the mansion of rest. He died on March 27th, 1955 in Eureka Springs. I mean, we just have loved learning about Thoreau Harris. I mean, he's this African-American hymn writer. We don't see that very often. And he made a huge impact, not only in the Pentecostal denomination, but in all churches. Right. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a hymnal that doesn't have at least one of his hymns in it. Right. Yeah. In and fact, if- that make that a challenge, you guys. Look <laughs> at your hymnals. Find Thoreau Harris. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley, yes. for introducing us to him. I don't think we would have ever picked him. Nope. Nope. I, I don't think we would have ever known about him. It would have taken year, years of podcasts where we finally <laughs> were like, okay, we need someone different. Right. And now we got to know him, you know, right now, and we got to share him with all of you. Very talented, a man of God um, that just did a lot in his lifetime. Right. right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to sing it, right, Cal? Yes. Yes. We're going to sing it for real, you know, with <laughs> us on the piano. Yep. Yes. So, yeah, hope you enjoy By His Stripes, We Are Healed by Thoreau Harris.
We talked all episode about how Jesus died for us and that how his blood heals us. Mm-hmm. We are made whole by him and we are promised eternal life with him. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter two, reminding us who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone. And thank you to Ashley. Yes, Ashley, check her out. Him a day on Instagram. All right. And we'll see you next week on Him Him Talk, Talk, Twin Twin Talk. Talk. Bye.